0: Lace up your boots and grab your mouth guards. It's time for the Rugby Wrap, the podcast about all things Western force and the game we love. Well, hello and welcome to the Rugby Wrap. Nice to have you company on what's been a big week in rugby. My name is Mick Collis. Joining me as always, Wallaby 735. Mitch Hardy, Mitch, good to see you. Nice to be back again, Mickey. Very early in the week this week to do our previews. I've only just recovered from the weekend. Um, But that'll,
1: that'll be all right. We'll do a good review and do our best to previews depending on how many People get rested and change of line-ups and all the rest of it, which is just creating havoc, havoc in my tips each week, Can't just say.
0: It certainly is. And, and f- fresh from being honoured by his old alumni, St Paul's Lutheran College from Brisbane, when they played down at Soaks on the weekend, Heath Testman.
2: Oh, mate, I, I don't even know if you're getting it wrong intentionally anymore or not. St Peter's, mate, talk. It's <laughs> a different saint. <laughs>
0: St. Peter's Lutheran College from Brisbane. So yes, a nice, nice moment for you, Tess, on the weekend.
2: To be yeah, honest. it was. It was. It was exciting to to see the guys. You know, it started as a um. There was a, there was a bit of a talk over here last year. They had a catch up for the school, and for for past students, and you know, someone threw out there. Oh, you guys just do a rugby tour over here, and um, yeah, a few months later, or six months later, and a bit of a few calls and a few emails, and the boys are here. So they're they're enjoying it over here in the west coast. Yep, yeah, terrific.
0: Well, the big news this week was the release of Eddie Jones's first Wallaby squad for a training camp later this month. Some big inclusion, some some big omissions, and to help us make sense of it all is former Wallaby and current Stan Sport commentator Tim Horan. So, Tim, thanks for joining us on the Rugby Wrap.
3: Thanks, Mick, uh, Heath, and Mitch. Yeah, great to be on the Rugby Wrap, and yeah, interesting uh, first squad of the year, I suppose, for Eddie Jones. And yeah, some interesting calls and you know some brave ones, and I think you know I'm reasonably happy with it. All right, so I'll just, we will quickly
0: just go through it for those who haven't heard. So Alan Alatoa, Ben Donaldson, Ponofa Amasuli, Josh Fluck, Lalakai Faketti, Nick Frost, Langie Gleason, Carter Gordon, Ned Hannigan, Reese Hodge, Michael Hooper, Jed Holloway, Len Ikatau, Max Jorgensen, Andrew Kellaway, Lockie Lonigan, Ryan Lonigan, Fraser McWright, Mark Nawazi, Hayden Neville, Jordan Pataya, David Parecki, Tim Robertson, Tom Robertson, sorry, Pete Samu, Blake Shoop. James Slipper, Darcy Swain, Jordan Ulasey, Rob Valentini, Suliasu Vinavalu, Nick White, Brad Wilkin, and Tom Wright. The rehab group Angus Bell, Rob Liotta, and Tenila Tupo. The overseas based players who will join the camp via Zoom that's how we do things in 2023 Richie Arnold, Tom Banks, Quade Cooper, Bernard Foley, Marika Corabetti, Samu Karevi, and Will Skelton. And not considered for selection due to injury, Flower Ga, Tom Liner. Alex Murphy, Hunter Posami, Matt Phillip, and Isaac Rodder. So, Tim, it's a 33-man squad was named. Does Eddie have the cattle that can win a World Cup? Firstly,
3: um, not at the moment. Uh, I think it's too early to say because it's you know 33-man squad. Yeah, what are we? Six rounds into Super Rugby Pacific. Uh, I would say of this 33-man squad that he's picked, just of the 33-man squad, I reckon there's probably six players there that won't make the World Cup squad, I think you'd be more concerned when you look at people like, say it's Tate McDermott, Jake Gordon, he's only picked two halfbacks, maybe a Harry Wilson from Queensland. Um, you're looking at those players, you think, okay, well, you're not in the first squad, but you'd be more upset if you're not in the second squad, which is probably going to be late in Super Rugby Pacific. So I think there's probably five or six players, and especially Suliasi Villavalu stands out, to be a player that Eddie Jones wants to have a look at one-on-one, personally talk to him, chat about his thoughts. He's just signed a new two-year extension to his contract today with the Queensland Reds. So was Harry Wilson as well. Both those players just signed a two-year extension to their contracts where I think Eddie wants to get inside them, understand how they tick and what makes them work, especially Suli asik because he sees the potential in Suli. Um I'll tell you what, he's got a long way to go at the moment until he has a good order to put on a gold jersey for the World Cup.
0: So, yeah, so on him, and that was going to be a question down the track. So why, I don't think he's shown enough this year either. So why has he been picked in this squad and not that second squad you were talking about further down the track?
3: Well, I think Eddie, what he's done, he said, okay, well, he's, he's an athlete first and he's a footy player second. So let's get him in the system. Let's work, work. It sounds like he's not going to make the Queensland Reds 23 on Friday night against the Brumby. So on one side of the equation, you go, okay, you're in Eddie's squad. That's great. But he, he needs more time on the field. It's a bit like a cricketer. Um, you know, you can play in the nets for so many, you know, weeks after weeks, but you actually got to get out in the middle and, and Suliasi Villalbado, I think he's got to really start trusting his body. Um, even watching him last uh, Friday night, we commentated against the Crusaders. He just looked half-paced. And he just didn't look like he trusted his body. So, Eddie can see something. I think it's a good call from Eddie for the first squad. Get a feel for what he's thinking. Get Try and get his body right and show him some confidence because he could be something special.
0: So what, what does Eddie see in him apart from his NRL form? Um,
3: I, I think he's seen he's an athlete. As I said, he's an athlete first and a, and a rugby player second. And, you know, if you can get him in the right strength and conditioning program, if you can get him to trust his body, if you can get him to believe in – who he is, and and even when he got the intercept three or four weeks ago in Melbourne against the Rebels, and he got the cramp with about ten meters to go, yeah. we're thinking, oh no, it's another hammy. So, um, but there's a couple of couple of players that will come into this squad, I reckon, in the next squad, and there's two or three, a couple of wingers. There's a, I think the big place, and you guys will probably agree, probably the big area where we're struggling is we need a fly half, and we also need probably. Not as much, but who's going to play fifteen at the moment? Tom Tom Wright's been playing some good footy at fifteen, but I think the tens that we've got at the moment, Carter Gordon, Ben Donaldson, they're tens for the future. They're they're nowhere near ready to play in a number ten jersey against the Springboks, against the All Blacks. They're a long way off that yet. So, there, God, there's so much I want to talk about. I'll quickly go back to Vinavalu. So,
0: so he's he's not ready. He's an athlete, but he's not he's not a footy player. So, why are we paying? You know, 700. I know he's obviously taking a pay cut now, but why, why were we paying 700 grand f- for an athlete? Is that the way the game's going? They're going to pick athletes first and then try to turn them into footballers?
3: Yeah, for, for some players, they are. Um, I think when you look at, um, you know, Joseph Suoli, of course, contracted for around $1.5, $1.6 million, whatever the numbers are, uh, half of that is for his marketing, another other half is for what he's going to bring to the game on the field. So, Suliasi yeah, he's taken a big, um you know, pay cut for his next two years, probably more than probably 60 percent from what I'm hearing uh, and that's good for the game if he's backing himself for another two years, mm-hmm. that's great he, he's but he's got to be able to back his body and and I just don't mentally it just doesn't seem that he's there yet and maybe Eddie Jones can see the opportunity for someone like a and Villavalu if he's right if we can get him right in the next four for five months, he mm-hmm. could be something special and turn a game.
0: It's not a long time, but anyway, so six debutantes, uh, we've got Max Jorgensen, uh, Carter Gordon, as you mentioned, uh, Blake Shoop from the Brumbies, uh, Josh Flute from the Reds, Rebels captain Brad Wilkin and Ryan Lonigan. Do you like their inclusions?
3: Yeah, a couple of uh, great inclusions there. Uh, Ryan Lonigan, I love. I I picked him to be one of the nines. I didn't know which nine was going to miss out. I thought Eddie might have gone three halfbacks, but... I think what Eddie's thinking, he, he knows there's four very good scrum halves in the competition. Jake Gordon, Tate McDermott and the two guys that are picked, of course, Nick White and Ryan Lonnegan. So he wants to have a bit more of a look at Ryan Lonegan, um, and talk to him and understand what he's going through. And then when you look at that, and then I think Carter Gordon as well, Mick, as you mentioned, he he's someone for the future. He's well off playing in a gold jersey, as I mentioned, against the Springboks or the All Blacks. But it's great to see his progression from where he was this time last year to see where he is now. He's progressed. He's more confident. He's attacking the line more. So, I think Eddie's like that. And Eddie's he wants to reward players if you're performing well and you're playing against New Zealand teams and you're backing yourself. That's what Eddie wants to reward.
0: Just before test, before you jump in. Um. So, because how how old's Carter Gordon? Uh, he's
3: only twenty. 20- 223. Now, I think he would might not even be 23. 22,
0: Mitch reckon. So, so why do you think that he's not ready?
3: Oh, I think it's a big step from going from and you know, Heath and Mitchell, you know, probably agree going from super rugby where you can make mistakes, you can make two or three mistakes in super rugby and it can be covered up by your teammates in test match footy. You can't make those mistakes, and Carter's come a long way. Um, so has Ben Donaldson, but you look at Ben Donaldson Saturday night against the Brumbies, puts the kick out in the fall for the Waratahs. And that was a bit of a turning point. At the end it's allowed the Brumbies to score in the end. So it's little moments like that that, um, you know, they learn and you need to have more time on the park to learn from that. But the big out for me is Noel Alassio. I've backed him for the last couple of years. I thought he was superb against England in the three-test match series against Eddie Jones' England team last year. And, and then we virtually didn't see him. So I but just don't know what they've got against him
0: he's a guy they threw in young Mm. and then they've, you know, they've almost burnt him. And now he's, I don't know, I don't know how far down the pecking order he is, but it's, he's obviously not in the top couple.
3: Yeah. Hopefully knowing Eddie Jones, as well as I do, hopefully Eddie's had a couple of chats to him and said, Noah, we like what you're doing here, but we want you to do these two things better. And Mm. they want him to take the ball to the line more. They want him to get a bit more physical. I think that's what they see in Carter Gordon and, people with physical and attack the line more. So hopefully we can see that. Hopefully someone like Noel will see it. we don't lose him to the game. But as I said, it's, a, it's only a training squad. It's not a World Cup squad. Yeah. It's a training squad. And um, you'd be concerned if you're not there in probably eight to ten yeah. weeks' time. Yeah. So Sorry, Tess. No, my question was just going to be for Tim as well around Carter Gordon.
2: How far does having, say, a Nick White inside and a Samu Karevi outside him go to bridging that gap then as well when we go to that next level?
3: Yeah, it's huge. Um, it's a good point, Heath, because you know when you've got players that are giving you ball probably a, a half a second earlier, um, you've got someone like Samu Kerevi that's taking the pressure off you, and um, it's a great opportunity for for someone like Carter Gordon to learn from those players. Of course, you're not going to have Samu Kerevi in this um, this team environment the next couple of weeks, but yeah, I think that's important, and Eddie, Eddie knows that. Um, but I think we've got a. I think what Eddie's looking at, he's not just only looking at Rugby World Cup in September, October. I think he's got this plan in his mind that we don't start blooding these players and get them amongst those really good players post-Rugby World Cup. We've got to start bringing these 10s through. We haven't got any... We haven't really got... I mean, there's Scotty Bowen's young fellow who plays for Rees. He's, of course, with the Waratahs. Um, There's not many other 10s that are floating around. So, of course, your 10 over in, in WA... Uh, Pasatoa, you know, I think he's a wonderful player. Of course, he's coming back from injury. So, player for the future. But we just haven't got that 10. I think, guys, when you look at Rugby World Cups, who's won 2019, you know, Springboks, what a 10 they had there. And then you got Dan Carter in 2015, 2011, um, 2007 Springboks again. So, you need it. we need a 10 to be able to potentially win a World Cup that control the game.
0: And so, for every in- inclusion, there's obviously omissions. We've mentioned uh, Noah Lolasio, uh Jake Gordon, uh, McDermott, James O'Connor wasn't listed. Liam Wright, Tim Anstey from the Western Force, cool. Andy Muirhead, Corey Tool, Harry Wilson. A- any of those, do you think are unlucky, or do you think that Eddie's for some of them that Eddie is confident in what they can do? that He's not going to throw them in this time because he knows what they can do, and and they'll be in that second or third one down the track.
3: Yeah, I think there's there's some players that you need. You know, you need week in week out. I mean, Corey Tool's been. Um brilliant for the Brummies. What a player he's been and showed in the first six or seven weeks of the tournament. But that's six or seven weeks of a tournament. You know, you've got to be week in, week out. And um, you know, Tim Anstey's saying thing for him. Eddie probably wants to see a bit more. And you know, I think that, you know, Harry Wilson, he stands behind probably three to four, you know, back rollers. When you look at the back rollers, you've got Pete Samo, Valentini. And for Brad Wilkin, what a story that is. He's had I think he's had three ACL knee reconstructions. He's had shoulder issues he's had ankle issues and it just shows the perseverance for him to come back it also shows what you know someone like a nick styles as gm for the melbourne rebels how he's got that melbourne Rebels side just getting to something a bit special now moving forward yes they're a long way down the ladder is, as is the western force but i can see the western force as well there's something building there uh it just takes a bit of time
0: and one player who missed out, and Eddie Jones didn't hold back, and that was, that's Rory Arnold. So he's been playing in Japan for the Hino Red Dolphins. They've been kicked out of the comp because they a barroom brawl, and instead of coming looking for a new club, he's decided to stay in Japan and just see out the season. And Eddie Jones has said, I think he's working at the factory line at Hino. He said, I think he's making those trucks because he's not playing rugby, and to get selected, you have to be playing rugby. We don't pick players that make Hino trucks. So, and then he's, so his name is 32-year-old. Uncapped twin brother Richie, so he's been named in that squad. So, how much of how much of this squad is Eddie? Just being um, Eddie.
3: Yeah, I think what he's done. Now, he's obviously obviously Richie Arnold's a very good player as well. And, but I think what what Eddie's saying is that okay, well you're on one point four million dollars playing for Hino. You're not playing. Do you really want to play in a gold jersey? Do you want to come back? and put yourself in a Rugby World Cup? Or do you want to stay, you know, tapping, putting the steering wheels in for the Hino trucks um, and (laughs) stay and collect your 1.4 million bucks? Do you want to come back here and maybe play for the Reds, maybe go to the Western Force and play, you know, the last part of Super Rugby Pacific to get yourself right and potentially put on a gold jersey? That's And that's what he's throwing out there.
0: Because you've got to have guys that want to play for Australia.
3: And he made he made it pretty
0: clear when he didn't go on that tour at the end of the year that he, it's obviously not a priority for him. So just you just cut him loose.
3: Yeah, well, I think he's giving him a chance so that you know you'll you'll better see if he if he's in the next squad. Well, he's obviously called Eddie and said no, I really want to play. I want to play in the gold jersey. And as uh, Heath and Mitch know, you know that playing in that gold jersey is something special. But when you get that opportunity to play in the in a rugby world cup is uh, is next level. So um, Eddie knows. I reckon Eddie's got a about 85% of the players he knows he's going to take to Rugby World Cup. There's probably four or five positions that he's just not sure of. And he wants to have a look at these guys a bit closer in this first squad.
0: And Jorgensen, you know, he's had a break eight years, straight out of school, named the squad 18, already carrying a couple of injuries. Do you reckon, is he in the Carter Gordon box of not, not yet?
3: No, I don't think he's that far off. Um, seeing Max Jorgensen... You know, all through Super Robbie, yes, he missed. he's missed a couple of games, had a shoulder injury, but, but watching him set up a try for the Waratahs against the Brumbies on Saturday night and the way he put the hammer down, the pace that he's got, you can't coach pace. And then the way he looked outside, you always knew he was going to go back inside. And, yeah, and I think he gets it. He gets the game. Um, and he also, he, he's a very measured player. And Now, I think he's not far off playing test footy. Is it this year? It could be, um, but if there's a few injuries, but I, I don't think he's far off. I think Carter Gordon's a bit further off, but Max Jorgensen. The only thing that's going to go against Max Jorgensen is probably his height. When you look at Mark Nongondikwase, his height and the way he can jump up, catch the ball. Um, so that's probably the only thing that's going to go against Max Jorgensen at the moment. I
0: blame I blamed Damien Smith for that. He was the first of the tall wingers, and and uh, and but because how old were you when you first played for Australia? You I think I just turned,
3: just, just turned 19, yeah. And I actually hadn't played for the Reds at that stage. I, was, I think I was just picked and there was a few of us. I think it might have been Phil Kearns and Tony Daly just thrust in and, and I thought they'd, they'd just throw us in and play against the side call the All Blacks. I didn't even know <laughs> what the harker was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so are you a believer in that if you're good enough, you're old enough? Uh,
3: y- yes and no, yeah. I mean, Max Jorgensen, he, he, it'd be nice to see him and you can't – nice to see him put on another four or five kilos. To take the rigors of test footy, but then you do that, and then you might lose half a yard of pace. Of so place, yeah. yeah, there's a balance there for him. But he's um, he's an exciting exciting player, and uh, I think as long as we don't push him too quick, he'll he'll be able to he'll be able to show Eddie and the coaching staff where he is when he's in that organisation. When you're in a, a squad where you got, as Heath mentioned before, other players, really good players around you, they'll push him.
0: And and what about Tom Liner? Where do you see him? I picked him early round one. I think he, I said he might be a bolder And Heath and Mitch laughed. At him. But where do you see Tom Liner? No,
3: nah, he's a, he's got a lot to go yet. Tom, he's yeah. um, I think when in Australia, Australia, We're always looking for that Max Jorgensen type player, and there's they don't come along that often. And you know, Max, someone like a Max or a Kirtley Beal, or you know, someone like that, they don't come along every year. And Tom Liner. He's only played a couple of games. He's had a, had a head knock. He got injured. Mm. Um, and he just looks like he's going to re-sign tomorrow for two more years with the Reds, an extension, which is great for him. He just needs more time in the middle. And he, he's, he's well off playing in a gold jersey um, this year and probably next year as well until he just gets more time on the saddle.
0: Yeah. Now, Eddie's come out and so said he might pick a number of captains, especially with that HIA, meaning you've got a 12-day stand-down. Who do you think, will captain the Wallabies this year heading into the World Cup or do you agree with Eddie you'll, you'll name you know, almost a squad of captains?
3: Yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean, it just all depends on on probably Michael Hooper and where where Eddie Jones sees Michael Hooper because at the moment, I, I mean, and I see this, I reckon the best position for Michael Hooper is coming off the bench. Like, I, I'd be I'd be going Rob Leo to Pete Samu, um, Valentini. That's your back row, a big back row that can you know, get across advantage line, lay layer platform for a Nick White and you get momentum in the first 40 or 50 minutes of the test match and then you bring on a Michael Hooper. So Michael Hooper might be a co-captain. Um He might be a Neil Fraser, you know, captaining off yeah. the bench. <laughs> <laughs> but m- maybe a Nick White, you know, I know Nick White. I'm really, I reckon that what Eddie would look at, okay, who, who can I get the captain for the next 18 months? Who can take us to the World Cup and probably do next year? Um, because a lot of these senior players are getting a bit older, too Nick White's you know getting a bit older. so is Michael Hooper they're all going to be around next year. Um, but James Slipper did a great job, but then again, you need to make sure James Slipper's going to start the start the test match.
0: So you're you're confident Nick White will be the one starting.
3: Yeah, I think so yeah he's been he's been in great form, barring injury. Uh, I think Ryan Lonagan's backed him up well and Nick White, you know the way that he's his passion for the game, that's what Eddie Jones is looking for.
0: And how, how many halfbacks do you reckon he will end up taking? Do you think you'll take three or just the two?
3: No, I reckon you'll take three. Yeah, you usually take three hookers, three halfbacks to a Rugby World Cup. Um, and
0: So, who will
3: your three be? Well, the tough the tough call is going to be on, obviously, of course, Tate McDermott and, and Jake Gordon. I like Jake Gordon. He's, he's a bit like Nick Farr-Jones. He's a bigger player. He, I thought he was superb Saturday night. But then again, you got a difference. Then you got Tate McDermott. So, who tap-and-go, up-tempo style of rugby. So it's going to be a tough call. There'll be an injury somewhere amongst those four halfbacks.
0: And that'll solve the problem. Mm. That's a good way to get get out of it. Now, you talk about that that back row. and, And so I want to know, what style of game is Eddie going to play? We haven't actually seen the Wallabies underneath him. I read somewhere that he said most tries are scored in the first three phases. So why try to play more than that? And then he's talked about this possession. Rugby is dead. His wall of his will use power. Is he going to bore us to victory or will we actually enjoy the style of rugby that the team plays under Eddie?
3: Well, I think what you've seen with Eddie Jones in England over that period of time, he was there, he, you know, the Vulavalu brothers at, you know, uh, you, know you put, you put one at loose head, you put one at number eight, it was a big forward pack. and was trying to muscle other teams out of the way. I think that's, that's the way we've got to play. It's a big collision sport now. It's about, you look at the back five of the Springboks and how big and physical those five guys are, depending on who they select. So I think that's what Eddie's got to do. You, you pick someone like Michael Hooper, and mm-hmm. Hoop's a wonderful player and one of our best number sevens we've ever had, but he can get knocked around in those big, you know, the All Blacks, the Springboks, those big test matches. And I reckon we've got to look after someone like a Michael Hooper. It was one of the best games I've seen him play this year, against the Brumbies, he was everywhere and looks really fit. So, just got to manage someone like Michael Hooper. But, yeah, Samu Karevi at 12, big back row, get across the advantage line allows people like Nick Nick White in the back line to fire. And depending on, of course, how Quade Cooper goes, um, he's looked like he's running reasonably well now after his Achilles operation. So, a bit more time to go yet.
0: Because have we got enough depth when it comes to those big bodies?
3: Yeah, I think we do. Yeah, I think... Um, Even you look at Pone, you know, the way that he's playing for the Melbourne Rebels, um, you know, he's about six foot two, six foot three. He's a big prop. Mm. um, He can carry. So we need players like that to carry. Um, You know, I would have liked to have seen a bit more of Lockie Squitney started those first three or four games. The Waratahs um, hasn't featured the last couple of weeks. So, you know, players like that can come into it too.
0: Now, you mentioned the Western Force, they've only got one player in Tom Robertson, who's been picked in that side. When the force was set up, it was to improve rugby in Western Australia and also to create more Wallabies. Are they failing in that regard?
3: No, I think that, you know, the way the Western Force and, you know, if you've got a very good coach there, it was always going to take um, Simon from a couple of years to get, I suppose, the squad that he wants. And he's not far off it. I thought it was a really good performance against the Hurricanes, even though they scored a couple of tries late. But, yeah, and I think that the whole idea of every... Um, coach in Super Rugby is to try and, especially in Australia, is trying to get their players to potentially play for the Wallabies. You look at guy like a, a Josh Fluke, who Brad Thorn loves Josh Fluke. So how can you give him more game time and give him some support? So now you've got some very good players in the Western Force. It's probably the hard thing with the Force is you've got players that you haven't got three or four stars. You've just got a team that mm-hmm. is really measured across, you know, all you know forwards and backs, and which is. You know, which is helping the players at the moment. But there's no two or three standouts at the yeah. moment.
0: And the force, they've got a number of players who aren't eligible for Wallaby selection. Do we need, and this is something I've spoken with Mitch about, do we need to look at a draft system to get those fringe players who aren't getting a start in New South Wales or Queensland or the Brumbies and have those second string guys bring them to the force so they're eligible to play for Australia and they're getting more game time?
3: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think best example is a guy called Jack Bowen. So Scott Barron, who, of course, played for the Wallabies at fly half. Um, his son, Jack, who's who's contracted for the New South Wales Waratahs. And he'd be probably fourth string fly half. You've got Will Harrison and, of course, Ben Donaldson and, and Tane but So he's a player. Yes, he's going to play club footy for East, and he did on the weekend and, and had, a, had a wonderful match for East. But I'd be saying to him, listen, go, go, and just, just even if he's loaned out to mm-hmm. the Western Force for five weeks or six weeks, um, to give him some opportunity at super rugby levels. we are got to try and build these tens, these the spine from eight, you know, two, 10, 15, your wingers. get Give these opportunities to these kids rather than playing shoot shield week in, week out. Give them an opportunity in super rugby and they can alternate between both.
1: Yeah, Timmy, I noticed we're a little bit light on in the midfield in that list as well. Like we got Lenny Iketau and, and Faketi in there, and obviously, um, uh, old mate Karevi's on the short list, but we're a bit light on in that centre centre area. I reckon Eddie might be having a bit of a look at um, Batea or someone like that and the role of Kellaway as well. I noticed that was an interesting selection putting Kelloway in because I reckon he'd probably be fancying him as a, maybe a 15, but what's your thoughts on the midfield? Because we don't seem to have a lot of depth there.
3: Yeah, I think the midfield combination, that 12-13 combination is going to be really important moving forward. Like Samu Karevi. Um, you know, he's done a, a great recovery from his ACL injury and the rehabilitation he's done there and he's not that far off playing at the moment. So hopefully barring injury he stays, you know, in that twelve jersey. Then you got a Lenny Kittauer course would probably hold down thirteen. But then if you mix it up a bit, Geordie Pataya could play thirteen, he couldn't play twelve. Um, same no. thing, I suppose. For um, Hunter. Yeah, Hunter Paisami. Um, yeah,
1: but he's been a bit off the boil this year so far. He's been very inconsistent and I think Patea yep. hasn't proved himself close to the mm. closer to the action because he just doesn't have that work rate.
3: No um, I think so Batea he, he's more of a winger first and then a fullback second. And yeah. then third or fourth, maybe you're a thirteen if you're struggling, but um yeah, it's gonna be a, a tough one for him. But Hunter Paisami, yeah. he's out for about six weeks with a media ligament strain, so yeah,
1: he won't be back for a while. Yeah, he's a real stop-starts this season, and probably the other key position for me, which is close to his heart, is hooker. I think that position's wide open at the moment. I think there's there's some good performances there. I like the look of young uh, Lonigan when he's coming onto the field for the Brumbies from time to time, but I still think the rest of them, you know those that number two jerseys wide open.
3: Yeah, it is, and as I said to Mick, that you're probably going to take three hookers. I'd be surprised if they only took two hookers. You'd probably have to take three hookers, but the good thing about this squad, guys, is that there's still a lot of footy to be played. There's, you know, yeah. As I mentioned, at the end of Super Rugby, that's that's when you want to be in the squad. And I reckon Eddie, he'll have a look at yeah. these players. He'll talk to them. And they won't do much when they're in camp for three or four days yeah. on the Gold Coast in a couple of weeks' time. They'll, they'll talk. They'll have meetings. Eddie will sit with every player individually, and he'll get to know them um yeah. and then we'll see you'll get you in
1: know. their heads you'll get yeah. in their heads timmy you'll get in yeah. their heads and you'll work out that leadership group i think there's yeah. two folds this is almost a deselection camp for some of them mm. and then there's a leadership or a tangent to this one cuz to try and pick who his leadership group's going to be and then he's going to test a few of them mentally yeah. um, to see what they're made of and then send them away and see what happens. I reckon there's a group out there that he's comfortable with, and he's probably got on a piece of paper somewhere where he knows that he's going to be shortlisting them straight up. And then there's mm. this other group that he really needs to see what the what they're made of.
3: Yep, yeah. I reckon there's probably six players in that squad of thirty-three that won't go to the Rugby World Cup, but they're the players that he really wants to look at and get in their head and just understand what makes them tick.
1: Yeah, and I still and I still think there's room for bolters like a Corey Tool or something like that because. Even though he's making the odd mistake in a game, he's a genuine finisher. Mm. And he, and sometimes you need those guys that can score tries from 40, 50 out. Mm. Um, because, you know, you, you if you get a sniff and you've got someone who can get a sniff and put those, those five pointers on the board, it makes a big difference in the big games. Um, and if you can get guys that have got a bit of X factor as well, which is why I do like Max Jorgensen, because he's got a bit of X mm. factor, but he doesn't do it in a silly way. He does it in a real... Savvy brain, you know, good rugby brain sort of way where he's running good lines and he makes good decisions, but he's got that X factor at the same time.
0: And Tess, the forwards. Are you happy with what's been named?
2: Yeah, I think I think it's about what's expected. Like like Mitchy touched on, as far as hookers go, I think there will be some changes there. Um, I think Alex Murphy, once he's back from injury, he'll. I think he's been excellent for the Rebels so far, and he's been excellent previous years as well. And it's, it's probably been injuries which have kept him out of the Wallaby squad in previous years too. Uh, I think he'll end up forcing his way in in the back half of the season, depending on how his form can go. And then with anger him being injured, so not being considered either. So I think there's definitely going to be a bit of movement around that two spot. But like we touched on earlier, like the back row, they just about, they pick themselves pretty well. And and we've, we're lucky to be able to leave guys like Harry Wilson out. In um, yep. the locks it's just whoever comes from the Brumbies next I think is just how they pick it so, <laughs> so I think they've got both their starting locks and their and, but you know they're, they're they're arguably the best just about the best three in the competition as well so I think it's 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 pretty close you know guys like Blake Shoop, we're excited to see him get a little bit of an opportunity at another level next up and I think he's probably one of those players that, that Tim's touched on that uh, whether or not he'll be going to the World Cup at the back end of the year but Eddie's seen something in him he likes. He's built like a brick shit house is what the, the quote was, I think. So that's what he that's what Eddie likes to look of him as far as that goes. Um but the rest of them are yeah, it's it's pretty bang on.
0: So Tim, there's only what four games between the World Cup. Is is that enough time for Eddie to basically make a World Cup winning team?
3: Yeah, I think there's enough there. Um, I think there's five test matches now. I think they've got a a test against France two weeks out from the opening game of Rugby World Cup. So so there's your five. So I think Eddie, yeah, he'd like to like to probably have six or seven test matches. But then again, you don't want too many injuries when we don't have probably the depth that we'd like to have. So, yeah, I think, you know, getting a couple of these, um, you know, squads together early in Super Rugby, get a feel. Those players can get a feel for what brand of rugby Eddie's looking for in Super Rugby that can is easily fit into test match footy. And, and towards the end of Super Rugby, Eddie will want them really fit um, their first test match against the Springboks is in Pretoria, so of course away from Australia. Um, so that first test match for Eddie is going to be very important because everyone loves him at the moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mickey, there's still room for possibles, probables, mate. I reckon. Yeah,
0: I want that, I want that possibles, probables, and I want course, to around, name the team. Yeah. I think it'd be a, it'd be an absolute hit. Now, if if uh, Mitch or Tess you got anything else you want to ask Tim before we let him go?
1: No, I think it's been really good. I think. Um, it's a it's a really good insight into I think how Eddie Jones operates, and I think um, we don't want to get too excited about the players that we're, were not on the list. I think there's there's as Tim alluded to, there's plenty of rugby to go, and if anything, hopefully it, it makes the back end of this Super Rugby season really exciting because guys will be really vying for those yeah. positions because it's uh, you know they want to be in that that squad at the end of Super Rugby.
3: So I think knowing Eddie too Mick, when you look at what he's done previously, hopefully, and I'm pretty sure he would have. The players that have missed out on this squad and who probably expected to be there or on the fringe, say there's another, say there's 15 of those players. You know, like your Harry Wilsons, your Tate McDermott, your Jake Gordons, Tim Anstey, all those sort of players. Eddie hopefully has called them and said, "This is what I'm looking for from you in the next part of Super Rugby Pacific. This is what you're not currently showing. To get into my squad, this is what you need to do." Um, Noel also hopefully have sat with Noah and said. You're not doing this correctly. We need you to take the ball of the line. These are the three things we need you to do. And then then if you continue your form, most likely you'll be in the squad.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. Well, Timmy, mate, it's always great to catch up. We love uh, talking rugby with you, so keep up the good work and thanks for your time yeah. on the Rugby Wrap.
3: Good, good to be on the show and um, thanks, Mick. Thanks, Mitch. Thanks, Heath.
0: Cheers, Cheers take care. Thanks, mate. Cheers, Bye, mate. Thanks. So that was Timmy Horne. He seems pretty happy with Eddie. Yeah,
1: yeah, like yeah. I think he's a fan. I'm a fan. Like Eddie, you can, you can criticize Eddie all you want, but he's got his methods, and he's going to go about it, and he'll he'll put everything into the role He always has. I mean, you either love him or hate him, but the fact of the matter is, he'll put his heart and soul into it, and he'll he'll just be out there trying to do the best thing for Australian rugby and the Wallabies. So, um, you know, the good thing about it is, and I said it said it, you know, a few weeks ago when Dave Rennie got. The, the punt that, you know, Dave Rennie's laid a lot of good foundation work in building building A good depth of squad um, You know, there was A lot of discussion around being be able to bring back Overseas players, which he's, Eddie's all got at his fingertips now And then you've got some more young blokes Starting to emerge as well, which is Which is good signs, so yeah. I think um, I just wish they'd Make smarter decisions with some of the The big dollars that they fork out That's the big thing for me, because we do We are growing that depth And that there is some emerging talent going on there. And I think they need to be a bit more innovative about exposing that next level of talent because it's obviously there. And the the club system showing that, that if you invest in the club system, you will get, you will get the guys that come through with shining lights. And I think that sevens program is also showing that it's starting to bear fruit with guys transitioning back to 15s and be able to bounce between the two formats as well. So not putting all our eggs in one basket when it comes to the, uh, the shorter version of the game
0: and with, with someone like uh, Tim mentioned you know Tane Edmund at the um, well, Waratahs so he was on that Australia A tour last year which is meant to be you know your development kind of tour uh, and, Mickey, and then- that was a joke
1: that was a joke of a squad that they put together last year it was like the, it was the last man standing group
0: so so where's someone like Tane Edmund now is he is he a player that's just never going to yeah. make it or never going to be given a chance where's no, he at?
1: I think no, I think he will. I think he's just got to knock on the door. He's just got to keep banging on the door, mate. Like he's got to trust in what got him there in the first place.
0: Because is That's he starting? He's not starting.
1: No, he, no. But I, I don't think he's been. Is he in the injured or is much. he? I think he's injured at the moment. I don't think he's been in the picture much this year. Yeah, but, okay. um, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't have a talent. He's still young.
0: Oh, absolutely. But is he? The, is he the sort the of guy that developing? Is he the sort of guy that they should shuffle across to the yeah. force, loan to the he's force, but, and yeah. let him be, let him be playing week in, week out?
1: Yeah. Absolutely, mate. That's that's not a silly idea. Like, you know, you, you've got if you had a, like a, a draft system, it's for, sort of half a dozen, at this time of year where you're six rounds in, and say, so right, anyone who's not in your 23s is a like a two week yeah. window where you can move franchises for the remainder of the season.
0: Yep. great you idea.
1: You just do it. You just do a transfer. Yeah, you, know, you. You can't tell me there be a few there be a few teams out there who want to get rid of a bit of dead wood. at The same time they might transfer a few guys off the list and say, so right, oh will. You're cut. And this guy's coming in. Coming in. I yep. mean, I, I know that's not probably work, workforce relations, and the, the players' association will probably have a hissy that you you can't do that to people. But that's the reality, and we have got to treat it like professional sport.
0: Yeah. Well, the NBA do it, and the NFL they call a guy yeah. in and say you're tra- be playing traded. all weekend for Philadelphia, whoever it might be. Yeah.
1: Have a trade. Have a trade. That'll
0: make it interesting. I think it'd be great. Little, tra- a- little trade and period. And especially for those guys that are not, they're not, they're not starting, or they're not in that. Tra- Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. Especially the competition is so close.
2: Hmm. Tess, would you like to see that? Yeah. Well, no. Going back to I think think Tane Edbed would have been someone that Eddie Jones would have touched on. I reckon he would have. I think he would have probably extended a bit of a branch or, you know, made the call to to just about every young 10 in Australia, just because like we've identified over over the past 12 to 18 months, there just hasn't been that next step up, that next player in between coming through. And, for some reason or other, like Noel Olesio keeps kind of getting looked past a little bit, or uh, even though I I feel like he's performing enough and I feel like he's done enough to, to warrant that selection in the squad. But at the same time, yeah, I'm sure he's received the call as well, but I'd say Tane would have received, like they all know that there's an opportunity there. They know, and seeing Carter Gordon getting picked, like they can, and Donaldson as well, because he hasn't been playing, he hasn't been starting as many times as Tane has this year. Um, like they know that there is opportunity there and if they do perform that they'll get the chance to play themselves in. Like he said, all these guys that have been picked in, it's their job to go there and keep playing to keep themselves in there. Everyone else, it's their job to play themselves into it as well.
0: And it was an interesting, I read or heard Eddie saying the other day, when he when he picks a squad, he names his starting fifteen and then he names the bottom six. And the bottom six the guys that they might not get a lot of game time, but they're the guys that they're the glue that they stay positive, they're there on the sidelines, they're cheering for their team. Do you think that he's using this uh, little camp to to try and almost by those bottom six, the guys that are going to be like the good club men on tour that won't get a lot of game time?
2: Well, he could. I mean, he very well could be. I don't. I don't know. I don't know as much as he's a man with a plan. It'll, it'll be intriguing to see if he wants to use a weekend to find out who's going to be best at carrying the bags. <laughs> but it's it's a, it's an <laughs> interesting point weeks.
0: that he that he says though about. He said. Yeah. He, no. He, Game the other day when they scored, he said there was 20 guys in suits on the sideline. They all jumped in when he scored the try. And he wants guys that aren't necessarily going to be getting a lot of game time on You don't want guys that are going to be in the whole yeah. thing down. You're going to have those guys, and that's, I guess, that there that he's looking for those people.
2: I reckon that, and that'll be most important in some of those key positions that they'll identified then. You know, like if you're taking three hookers, you're going to have your starter, you're going to have your backup. Who that third guy is he going to play as much? Like, you need to have someone in that position who's going to be positive. Same with your halfbacks, same with your your back row. You know, you're always going to have a back row barring injury that isn't going to be playing as much. So Hmm. those are going to be the guys that will be looking most closely at. So interesting times for rugby all-round. And Mitch, before we get into the Super
0: Rugby Pacific competition, the women had a full round on the weekend. Uh, On the Friday night, the Reds, 29-14 over the Force, the Drua 39-12 over the Rebels, and then the Waratahs, 24-13 24-13 over the Brumbies. But the Western Force going down 29-14, but they are a lot better than they were the week before against the Waratahs. So slow improvements, which is good.
1: Yeah, and, and that's a good bounce back for the, um, the Force ladies to bounce back against the Reds because the Reds, um, they're a pretty hot team, and um, I think that's a much better performance, and they'll be a lot happier that they went toe-to-toe. And the Reds only just managed to just skip away at the end there, so the, the Force girls really stayed with the the more fancied Reds opponents the whole game through. So, good effort by, uh, by the girls, and they'll they'll take a lot of confidence out of that. And I think they'd fancy themselves against uh, the Rebels. And the um, the Fiji Drua ladies haven't had it all their way in the, the opening games as well, so there's an opportunity for the Force still to get a couple of wins up before the tournament gets to the pointy
0: end. Yes, so this Friday night, another full round of fixtures begins. So on that Friday night, the Reds up against the Brumbies. On Saturday, the Waratahs against the Drua, and also the Rebels versus the Force. And the Force beat the Rebels in the trial. So hopefully they can get up on Saturday. And Mitch, that leads us to the Super Rugby competition from last week and some interesting results.
1: Yeah, I picked a full round there, Mickey. I was very happy with myself. Um, Got the... Got all the chocolates. So the Highlanders had a good win against Moana. Moana opened, um, opened the scoring nice and early against the Highlanders, but it was a good effort and a more consistent uh, performance from the Highlanders last week. The uh, the Crusaders over Reds, uh, the Reds were a little bit disappointing from my mind, but and the Crusaders weren't as polished as what we expected them to be, but uh, got up with a pretty convincing win, 25 points to 12 there. A uh, good game over in Fiji. Fantastic atmosphere, awesome yeah. crowd. Thirty-eight points to twenty-eight over the Rebels. The Rebels were very a little bit sloppy, I thought. Um, they do they have it improved a lot with their rugby, and they'd be fairly disappointed that they um, they didn't get a few more tries against the Fiji Drua because the Fiji Drua took the gas in that back end of the game and um, didn't quite close it out. But still, just riding on the highs of that that awesome support they're getting over there in yeah, Fiji at the moment
0: it cra- really what sort of do you know see. what sort of numbers it looks
1: And oh, it looks looks full I think it'd be somewhere between 10 or 15 I reckon yeah it's fantastic yeah and then um, the Chiefs in the big clash against the Blues got up uh, it was a real, real grafting game physical affair and um, the Chiefs got up 20 points to 13 over the Blues and uh, an absolute cracking game on Saturday night, the Brumbies getting up over the Waratahs, forty points to thirty six. That was, was a good real, game. real seesawing affair. Game. The Waratahs just never said, said said die. They just didn't roll over, and the Brumbies had to fight tooth and nail to um, to get the get the chocolates in the end. And it just came down to mistakes. You
0: Jeez, know, they the, got the team. They got out of the blocks. Well, the Waratahs.
1: Oh yeah, just was it? I think it was a twenty
0: one point lead. Yeah, after about minutes. yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> I thought it was going to be shut the gate from there. So did I. I thought it was all over. Yeah, and the Brumbies, at the, the, the at Brumbies the end,
1: just, just they kept calm. The Brumbies just yeah, kept their end. heads. They kept chipping away, put points on the board, narrowed the margin, and then just went whack whack. Um, at about fifteen minutes out, they just took the lead and closed up shop thereafter. And the Waratahs couldn't peg them back. But again, a couple of really bad errors on the Waratahs' part just let the uh, Brumbies in the game. And you can't do that against the classy teams. And then we had a real seesawing affair on Sunday uh, with the Hurricanes taking on the force. Uh, I thought it was going to be a cricket score come half-time oh, with, with a big <laughs> big, big first-half lead from the Hurricanes. But then they they took the gas, and the force came back in the last 20 minutes or so and ran in some really good tries. In, in particular, Calcarigi, again, showed some really great promise, some good lines. Scored a couple of nice tries, and uh, the Hurricanes were just a mess in that last twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. They were really poor. Forty-five points to forty-two. It, the scoreline says it's pretty close, but um, the, yeah. for, the force was chasing the scoreboard towards the end there, and they were never going to win that game. But I uh, tell you what, they they got a bonus
0: point out of it, which they'd be pretty yeah, happy with. Which was good. But are we being like as Force fans? Are we being teased? Like, do we think we're closer than we are because of these last? 10-minute flurries they're putting on that actually gives us some respectability on the scoreboard.
1: Mate, we're still making way too many errors. Um, I don't know what Heath's opinion is, but he can jump, jump in. But we're making too many mistakes, Steve, and look like winning a game at the moment.
2: And that's the thing. It's the it's a popular opinion to say that, that we are close. But yeah, we we really need to start games well. We need to be going to halves leading. We need to be closer at halftime if we are behind. And And unfortunately, I just think, yeah, like, Teams are coming out of the sheds, making changes and maybe taking us a bit lightly. And it's great that we can capitalise that, on that with points in the second half because, you know, we, you, it's easy to throw, throw everything off to the breeze And when you're chasing, when you're down. But I'd just love to see a more rounded 80-minute performance where, you know, it's, it's just that arm wrestle the whole way. It's not that seesaw, seesaw um, effect that we're kind of seeing a bit lately.
0: Some of the spin being strained around it is that, you know, the Western force, they've always wanted to be able to an 80 minute game or an 80, play an 84 minute game, be able to do that, but they're not turning up for the first 20 minutes. So they're still only playing a 60 minute game. They just slid that 60 minutes to the back of the game. And that's what's everyone's getting excited about. How can they, how do they start better? How do they play a full 80 minutes? What do they got to do?
2: Oh, it's, it's, it's all on the individuals. I think like every individual player just knows that they need to aim up. Like it's something that lots of teams struggle with. Uh, every season being able to, you know, bring that full 80 minutes performance together. And it's just knowing for them that they need to be on from the very first whistle because they've shown that they can score points, but they've also shown they can't afford to give teams these starts. And um, it's, you know, it's easy to say, but it's just take, it comes down to each individual. It comes down to the leaders through the, uh, the game leaders that are on the field, driving what is expected. And then to some point, then the rest of those players going out and putting that into play, but, it's 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 one of those things where you, they're clean. You're not. They're not going out there and taking it lightly. They're not going out and starting like, oh, I'm just going to kick this game off in third gear and ease myself into it. But I think it's just some of the decisions that they're making early on uh, are allowing teams to capitalise. And it's and then by the time that they've made those errors and teams have capitalised on it, they're chasing a bit. And you know, when you like, we I just touched on when you are chasing, it's easy to let everything, you know everything go by the side and just yeah. throw everything at it. Like you throw the kitchen sink, but it's too late. So they need to be able to go out there, throw the kitchen sink at it, but in a measured way from the get-go.
0: And do they need to get to the ground 20 minutes earlier and do a longer <laughs> oh, warm-up? So anyway,
2: a- that, whole, that whole chat was just to set me up for this line. <laughs> no, <insane. laughs> no.
0: And, and do a longer warm-up because it, it seems they're just they're not ready to play when they
2: start. Yeah. Oh. I don't know. if A longer warm-up will be the answer. It's sure, the dude. They, do, they have to do something. They're got to do something different. Because,
0: and you can't be giving away that many points that early in this competition. But they oh, keep yeah. doing it.
2: Well, oh yeah. I mean, I guess they the need a bit of face-slapping or something,
1: Mickey.
0: Yeah, we need Roy Mars. <laughs> get Roy Masters into the dressing room.
1: <laughs> oh. I don't know. I don't know. It Like, you would be pulling your hair out if you're the coach going, what do I need to do to these guys to get them up so they can play the first 10 minutes like they play the last? Yeah, like they exactly. need to, They need to do something. They, so there's got to be some sort of methodology in their execution of the game that's going to help them.
2: Start all those um, guys that are on at the back half then. Just start, start them all. Yeah. Give that yeah. Start yeah. them all. Start them. You know, start, start the bench. Swap it all, every sub you made. Yep. Swap them around. There you go. These are the guys that are performing. Let's go out there and go out there
1: and show us why you, how you can score those
2: points. Yeah, Put the challenge to the squad. They just play do double
1: something. cut. Double cut first play of the game. Get it to Calcarinji's hands and let him go. <laughs> what do you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> They're
0: oh, got to do something. And then, Mitch, so this week, what have we got coming up? What have we got to look forward to?
1: So there's uh, just uh, just a handful of games for the Easter weekend. There's a cu- couple of games on Friday, being the Crusaders taking on Moana. Uh, the Crusaders should get the chocolates there. And then Friday night, the Reds are taking on the Brumbies. Uh, up at uh, Queensland, there in Brizzy, so that'll be a, that'll be a close game. I wouldn't be surprised if the Reds get up there. I'm, I'm going to p- uh, pick an upset
2: on that one. You're not, are eh? you? Really? Yeah.
1: yeah, I don't know. There's just there's something in my waters that says that the Reds are going to get a win.
2: Well, it's especially after you get you get a Wallaby squad name during the week. Brumbies predominantly yeah. Wallaby based. Yeah. Oh, that's lot, right. you know, what is it? Thirteen Brumbies in that squad. A lot of guys in yeah. that Reds team with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder.
1: Yeah. Couple they will of be caught up in that background. You never road, know. Yeah. You never know. Highlanders, Highlanders Hurricanes, that'll be a good game. They're always good games, those two. Um, I think the Hurricanes should be too classy for the Highlanders, though. And then the Rebels take on the Blues. Uh, and I'd, I'd, I'd pick the Blues there over the Rebels. And the rest of the guys have got the weekend off, I believe, Mickey.
0: Yep. No, all breaks coming up for some of those players. So so that takes us to the Fortescue Premiership Competition. And there's some interesting so, 20 over Calamander, 10. Wannerud 10. Wanneroo, 10. Palmyra, 88. Wow, was, uh, that's a, was a blowout. Massive blowout, wasn't it? Haven't, haven't had a score like that for a long time. UWA, 38. up 14. Southern Lions, 25 over Perth, 22. So great work massive for win. Southern Lions. And in the Stan match of the round, Associates picking up their first win of the season, defeating Cottesloe, 18 points to 17. It was a pretty scrappy game.
2: No one wanted the ball. Yeah, I mean... It was, but it was it was entertaining though as well. It was like Oh know, it was, it was. The script writers got it absolutely bang on. Um, you know, that that last kind of 20, 20 minutes, well, it was probably ten minutes, but it felt like actually two hours, the last last little block <laughs> of play. And just neither team just wanting to control that ball and just Stokes so not being able to just really put Cot to the sword and finish it off and Cot being stuck between, Are we gonna run it, are we gonna kick it, how are we gonna try and play the game, how are we gonna get out of our end as well. Um, but it provided a real real spectacle for that last kind of 20 minutes and kept everyone on the edge of the seat.
0: Yeah, it was great. Because Stokes had about 80%, I reckon, of territory of possession, but they just couldn't break that line there. And Cot just kept... You know, they, they had plenty of opportunities, but just kept giving it back to Soakes and saying, no, we want to tackle a little bit more, leave it right to the last minute before we actually have a crack. And it was, but even even when they won that line out, when time was up, and then they look like they're going to throw it around, everyone's going to just kick it out. So it's yeah. just, I don't think anyone had any idea what was going on. What are on, we doing?
2: What are we doing? It, it was, uh
0: it was, it was entertaining. It would have been entertaining for the St. Peter's Lutheran College of Brisbane. They would have <laughs> hung around um and enjoyed that game as well. And then no Rugby WA fixtures next week because it is Easter. And Mitch, the Shoot Shield underway last week as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. first round of the Shoot Shield, Mickey, uh, over in Sydney there. So the, the uh, East Easties just got over your your mates at Eastwood there, 25-24 in a close encounter. Um, Sydney Uni went down round one against Northern Suburbs. Early competition favourites is the rumour for the uh, the Black and Reds. So Northern Suburbs 37, Sydney Uni 20. Uh, the two Blues narrowly went down to uh, their neighbours, West Harbour, 17-15. Southern District's a big win over the Gordon Highlanders, 16 points to seven. And the Wildfires up in Newcastle got themselves off to a good start this weekend with a 27-19 winner over Manly. So big start for the Wildfires up there. And Ramwick got up over the Rats, uh, 22-15. So going into this weekend's fixtures... Uh, the Wildfires will take on Randwick. That'll be a big game for them. Ringo will take on Sydney University. Northern Suburbs versus Southern Districts. East versus West. Eastwood versus Manly. And the two Blues take on Gordon.
0: And I was trying to find Gordon's team sheet, but couldn't find it. Do you know if uh, Kanoa Gudgeon is getting a, a run on it? He went across from West Scarborough to play. Is, is he getting a start? Yeah, I Kanoa
1: got... uh, started on the wing for Gordon last weekend. In first I haven't grade? Had, I have. Yeah, in first grade. I haven't had a look at the game. In on the replays on stand yet, but I believe he was named on the wing for to start for Gordon.
0: That's good. And how about the, the did the West halfback go across his name? The bloke that went came from England came out for West's. I can't think of his name, but he was good. Uh, Connor, Connor, uh,
1: Connor, 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 yeah, Connor.
0: It was uh, Connor, but yeah, I can't think of his last name.
1: Connor, <laughs> uh, I didn't see his name on any team sheets. I did, I did see a Winnie out of Cherrington on Ramics on one of the team sheets there on one of the games, and I saw. Also, I think in Southern Districts, they might have had a couple of local WA boys running out for them uh, Yeah, okay. On the team list there. So yeah. there is a there is a spattering of uh, yeah. young blokes heading over East to apply their trade.
0: Yeah, we'll try and uh, keep an eye on them. And then test the... That's, not, and without
2: rubbing it in, Mitchie, sorry, that would East game. Last five minutes, I think the lead changed three times in it as well. So it was a bloody entertaining wow. entertaining yeah, nice. finish uh, to the round have to have a look
0: and the, the hospital cup if that's what it's called tess up there
2: hospital cup yeah they've just finished round two um the results we had west the uh current premiers after losing in round one good dominant win against north eagles 38 27 um bond university over east tigers 39 33 brothers came out and, and did a pretty good job on sunny bank 48 26 and then at home, the Magpies, South Magpies, there are Chipsy Wood, Tim Horan's team. They got up over my Mighty Red Heavies University of Queensland, 18-14 in a tough, tight Ooh. affair.
1: Well, wow. That's a big turnaround from the Magpies. There you go. They're looking, so, they're looking good this year.
0: Looking very good. So all the competitions around the country underway. And that takes us to the mailbag, and a pretty short one tonight, given we're recording this early in the week with Mitch heading off to... Thailand, well, hopefully he does make it back and uh, to start Mitch close to home for you, Brian Melrose the head coach at Gordon, resigning a week before the start of the season not ideal.
1: I don't have the goss on why that happened, there was no sort of rationale about why, there was a statement released by the club saying he'd resign but no no clues from my end, I'll have to reach out and get all the goss on that one
0: Because that's, a, that's a, a, you know, a pretty big deal one oh, week huge. before the start of the season
1: Yeah, huge huge loss for the club Yeah um, especially because he's a well-regarded coach and he's had some success there as well. Because
0: so. he started off under Darren Coleman, didn't he? Is, that, and then he? is that right?
1: Yeah, I think he was involved with um, Darren the, the year they won the premiership there and then yeah. he took over.
0: Yeah. took over. So, yeah, see where that ends up. And in the Hong Kong sevens, the Australian women finishing second, the men finishing 11th, which is not great, and New Zealand getting the double, the men and women from New Zealand taking out the Hong Kong sevens. So that was all I could find. As I said, we're recording so early this week. Not much has happened since the game's ended.
2: My mum hasn't been sending anything into the mailbag. No, so she hasn't.
0: Tell, me, tell Mrs. Tessman to lift a game. But other than that, that's us. That's us done. So thank you, Mitch. Enjoy Thailand.
1: Yes, mate. Have a little bit of a break. Uh, I'll still get to watch a bit of rugby, no doubt, over the weekend at some point in time. So, But just getting away, it'd be nice to catch up with the lovely wife for a few days and catch up with some friends up in Thailand, which will be fantastic.
0: So that's your current wife or the new one you're planning on? Oh, no, not
1: current wife.
0: And Tess just. It's, okay.
1: it's okay, she doesn't listen to the show.
0: <laughs>
2: okay. Neither of them.
0: <laughs> no, that's right. That's right. And Tess, um, yeah, well done on that uh, being honoured by St Peter's Lutheran College. That
2: was, uh,
1: Honest, yeah.
0: <laughs> that was great. They gave him free tickets to the game on the weekend, so uh, it was yeah. tricky. <laughs> what, to the Soaks game? To the Soaks game, yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, 11 o'clock back.
0: Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks, gents. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And we'll catch you next time on the Rugby Wrap.